Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, Beatrice. Hi, Rosemary. How are you? Great, thanks. It was great, except you're a little bit late, and now I'm tired. This is not without my sister. <laughs> I want to tell you, because this is always thrilling content, about the dreams that I had last night, oh because God. they're podcast related. So I've been doing a lot of podcast listening for research purposes to podcasts that I otherwise wouldn't necessarily listen to, right? So I listened to an episode of Joe Rogan at your behest, and I also listened to an episode of Spencer and Vogue, kind of at your behest, but I quite enjoyed that. Did you last listen night, to the whole thing? No. Last night I had a dream that Spencer had an apartment in Dublin, we were having a sexual affair. Oh, Jesus and like, Christ. But in my dream, he was still married to Vogue, and I was just really flattered that he was cheating on Vogue with me. Oh, it's absolutely pathetic and then God. I woke up for approximately two seconds fell back asleep had another dream that I was going out with Joe Rogan and he was really rude really awful his cutlery drawer was filthy and, but I just kept thinking to myself in my dream he's really rich oh my God <laughs> literally in my dream I said to somebody you know he made 12 million last year oh my I can't even did he not and make he 20 million horrible. I think 20 yeah, no, yeah no no it was definitely more than 12 he was being God. horrible in my dream rightly so by the sounds of it you gold digging wench I know and like very specifically in my dream one of his friends whose name was Helen like I don't know who this person is had a hypo she was diabetic and basically wasn't being revived and I was running around the place going is anybody here a a doctor or a nurse and Joe was playing the guitar and was really annoyed that I interrupted him and then this this man who looked a bit like one of the werewolves from from Twilight not in werewolf form but in human form 
this man was like, I'm a nurse. And he came over to help her. And then Joe Rogan came in and was like, a male nurse. I have a doctor. And shoved the nurse out of the way. Oh. My but they cat. say, but they say everyone in your dream represents you. So actually I'm the bigot. I'm the anti-nurse I, you're person. Andrew, but you're also the doctor. And I'm also incredibly rich. And I'm <laughs> Helen, who's diabetic. You're also Vogue and you're Spenny. No, no, Vogue wasn't in my dream, only Spenny. Oh. He also had a horrible apartment. So teeny, basically tiny. you think you have a horrible apartment and a dirty crockery drawer, whatever, cutlery drawer. Yeah, but also that if I was married to Vogue, I, w- I would cheat on her with me. No, I wouldn't. Listen, that, that, that's just you channeling the first two seconds of their actual conversation where they talked about like how attractive she is and how oh, they were. Oh, good point. That good was point. just the, the weird. I, it's like I was actually kind of like not unenjoying it also. And then that part gave me the creeps. I was like, that's a weird conversation to have just in general. You know what, though? Maybe I'm more more numb to that because in Love Island, they frequently have conversations about how attractive the other one is or how attractive they are. You know, that they're like, what did you think of me when I first walked in? And they'll go, I thought you were pretty hot. Did you? Did you think I was hot? And I'm wondering now, like, if you're a really, really beautiful person, do you just have those conversations? Like, is that just a normal conversation to have? And no, I'll tell you from my own perspective, it's not. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <such> <laughs> an no, I actually also think it's cultural. Maybe that's why I find it weird. I wouldn't find it weird in the context of Love Island because I'd just roll my eyes and go, oh, Love Island, right? Yeah. I'm probably like, oh, Americans, like they're very open. They're very, they're very literal. There's just a total, like very earnest. Yeah, like they're not trying to appear humble. I don't know if it's that, it's just more like that, you know, it's not as layered, it's not as layered or like, you know what I mean? It's, I don't spend an awful lot of time going, what did they really mean? Because genuinely what, generally what they say to me is what they actually meant. You know what I mean? Even though like obviously they're office politics and I go, do they really mean that? But like, I'm actually wondering, did they really mean the words that actually came out of their mouth versus what layers of kind of intent were buried What can I read into that? Yeah, Which I mean actually isn't really fair because I thought about this the other night. I think that's like more... Those are more the Americans that I maybe don't relate to as well, because the people that I do relate to, like my American friends, are not like that. Yeah, 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 I get you. But I think there is just a large part of American, the the American, whatever, demographic or population that is much more earnest and sincere. And, you know, it's the kind of stuff that I kind of cringe about. I'm like, oh, God, but it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's very genuine and very earnest. It was like that whole, what was that book we read? Oh, no, you read out to me. It was the first book club. I cannot. I, Glennon I'm not, Doyle. No, I do, do not want to name that woman. I do not want to Glennon name that Doyle, author. I do not want untamed. to name that. No. Yes, you read out so many sections to me. And every single time I was like, please, I chose to not read this book. You know, I gave that a one star review on Goodreads, right? That's only because you couldn't give it a no star review. I'm oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to right. give one to five. And I mean, right? you know, like to each their own. And I'm sure. And actually, because we did this for the first book club that I started in my office. And... To be, I, I'm not the best book club member because I didn't get around to reading it, but I still joined up for the conversation because I always like to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but Rosemary, in my defense... People will be shocked to hear that you like to have an opinion know, about yeah. something you haven't like researched. Right. Rosemary had... Excuse me, I researched it because you read out all that's the most important called parts that's to me. Called it mis- is. That's called like osmosis. It's called just being present, <laughs> being there. But yeah, I mean, but like lots of people enjoyed it. Like loads of people actually found it really helpful and inspirational. Adele Adele posted on Instagram that it was like the best book she's ever read. And what I was going to say was I gave it one star on Goodreads and every single day I get at least four people liking that review. Oh, really? Like four people that I'm not, you know, who aren't following me or whatever. It's probably very polarizing, right? It's probably you love it or you hate it. I'd say it's either five or one. Yeah. And I'd also say like, that's probably fine. Like if you find your niche, 
and people love it. Doesn't matter how many people yeah. hate it, right? Because there are enough people in the world to go around. So today I was thinking about because we were going to talk about like the incredibly stupid things we've ever done, right? Right. And like I don't really have very many, as you can imagine. <laughs> So many. Oh, please. Okay. Well, maybe the really stupid things we've done that like are literally like were were so stupid that we could have ended up dead, right? Those kind of like unbelievably stupid things. Yeah, but can I also put in this category like moments of kind of near misses? Because I want I just want to mention the fact that when I was a baby, you you broke a bone on my back. That could have killed me. Through no fault of my own. I actually can't believe you're saying that again. I think we already mentioned that and you already went on and on and on. And I may have already mentioned this as well, but I was sitting on a gate one day and I moved and 10 seconds later a drunk driver played oh, yeah, through that I, gate. Oh yeah, I actually was sure you were going to mention that one. That was Final Destination stuff. Maybe I've been chased around by death ever since then. He was really disgusted afterwards when I wouldn't even give him his money. <laughs> but for a second I was like, what are you talking about? You're gone absolutely like insane. <sighs> Anyway, I realised as I was thinking, I was like, oh, there was this time and there was that time. And I was like, oh, there weren't that many times. I was like, oh, there was also this time. But every single one of them is related to like travel. It's like always when I'm trying to go somewhere or get somewhere that I end up almost killing myself. Do you think the moral of the story is like my favourite thing is just stay at home? Well, I was about to say maybe lockdown is good for me. Like I'm safe mm. during lockdown. Okay, as long as COVID doesn't get me. But I'm safe during lockdown because You're I'm not cocooned. going to I'm cocooned, exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. even that last time, do you remember like when I first moved to Indiana, which has like the super bad winters and the very first snowy day in my t- teeny tiny Mazda, as the same Mazda that when I went out to the car park one day, I was like, somebody's stolen my car because I really was so tiny compared to everybody else's cars. Was it like hidden behind someone's yeah, SUV? Yeah, I couldn't see it and I actually totally thought it was stolen. And then afterwards, I was like literally in a car park of SUVs, Beamers and whatever. Why would anybody steal my Mazda 3DS? Although I loved my little car. I don't think it was called a 3DS. That's a Nintendo. Oh, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> The 3DS it was great for Sonic. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was stolen. And then I was like, no such luck. It's still there waiting for me. But anyway, the first really was snowy day. And I went out and everyone was like, you know, it's 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 going to be a blizzard. So you better go home early. So we all knocked off at around two o'clock. And I got in my car, went really slowly around the corner, got onto the highway and immediately skidded across two lanes and into the oncoming traffic. And just kept skidding across the four lanes, ended up on the verge and just stayed there until I got rescued about two hours later. So basically that was not me on my way home, right? So in a car, traveling. So that was a bad one. That was a bad one. Yeah, it was really, it was terrifying. I just screamed for the entire four lanes. My car, there was nothing to be done. Yeah, I can imagine. I literally just shrieked in slow motion. It reminded me of the time, do you know... So our dad used to be, well, our dad is an engineer, as everybody knows, and he used to be a big fan of Marley Park and miniature, what's it called? Like electric steam trains? Uh, Like they're not, they're model steam trains, right? They're not miniature, they're model steam trains because they're, I don't know what scale they are, but like a 12th scale maybe. And, And every Saturday, these enthusiasts who build their train go to Marley Park to... That's really mean. These enthusiasts, these yeah. incredibly talented individuals, mainly men, uh, for whatever reason, go to this place. Because they don't wives, have chores to be doing. Well, exactly, right? And the wives dutifully show up, well, this was back in the with 80s cake. now, in fairness, with cake and patience and sit there yeah. all day long while they're like nerd husbands. Uh, well, very nicely, though, chauffeur kids around the 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 train track, right? And and I remember, so we used to, we used to once a year go up to Belfast where the, you know, the 
sister, whatever, mm. train enthusiast network was. And I remember we went up and I sat in a, I went into this caboose, which was like a, normally they were open. You sat on the back, like just on the On the cushion. little seat. Yeah. 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 And this was an actually enclosed, you know, carriage. And I went on it with my cousin. I'm shocked you fit. I was about seven. Don't be such an absolute weapon. No, but I mean, you're always going on about how you're such a giant. Go I on. definitely don't think I was like, there was very spacious, but anyway, and I was seven. <laughs> and then actually this could have been, this could have been the reason. And we went about 10 feet around the train. Then the whole thing toppled off the track. Right. So thanks, Rosemary. Thanks for saying that. And I'm not even joking. I went back absolutely bawling my eyes out to poor mom and dad who were like eating sausage rolls and having so they were a like your grand. Were they? Absolutely. You're fine. I was so traumatized. And I was trying to explain to mom that for the first and only time in my life, as that teeny tiny caboose toppled off the track, my entire life flashed before my eyes in so slow motion. It was You were quick. seven. It was quick. It was always so about like a foot and a what half. Was it was it literally like, I never made it into the mini pops, no. Todd. <laughs> no but I mean my point was I truly was terrified by it and I went around mom's like shh, shh sit down sit down Mary's talking you can imagine and I did I, I just I think I was just wide-eyed and like traumatized for the whole day and then we went and we also had to go through the the checkpoints you know with like the, oh yeah, the yeah policemen yeah. and the guns so that was additionally traumatic anyway I used to love the smell of coal also travel from Marley Park also tra- slow traveling on the train oh yeah I'm just, I'm, I'm showing you this weird, like, I'm obviously going to die in some form of transportation or in my bed, which is more likely because I spend more time there. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm trying to think, like, have I ever skidded off the road or been in any kind of accidents? I think, like, the closest thing I ever got to having to call someone because I was, like, because the car had broken down or I was stuck in the car or something was probably last year or the year before, I was coming home from, where was I? I was staying in mom and dad's, or maybe it was when I was living in mom and dad's. I was driving back from town. I was starving, got a McDonald's, turned onto the road and there was a huge flood. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, do I go back and go the long way around or do I just try and make it through? My McDonald's was getting colder by the second, right? So I was like, I'll just try and make it through. And then I was like, fuck, I'm going to get stuck. And I was really, I was really like, terrified I was going I cannot call the farmer next door He's or, or else I'm going to have to throw the McDonald's out the window first and then I'm going to be littering because I was just too ashamed then I'm going to be littering how long does it take to eat a McDonald's like, so as you skidded through the puddle couldn't oh, you have been eating that McDonald's no 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 I hate eating in the car I was waiting until I got home I don't like eating McDonald's in the car okay but I made it through so it wasn't really oh well thank god thank god for that after all that it was grand thank god then I was thinking there was also the time in Milan that I already mentioned in some other episode where I'd stepped into the car of a handsome non-taxi driver thinking he was a taxi also transportation right I shouldn't actually be allowed <laughs> decide to go anywhere you by sh- myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah you shouldn't be allowed to get into cars you shouldn't be allowed to look at cars well and there was also the trains. train there was the train from Bergamo when I was working at Fiorucci and I used to have to get the train sometimes after that guy who gave me the lifts got fired or got let go whatever and I had to get the train and it was like an hour long and it was really late one night and I was coming back home on the train and I missed, oh, I fell asleep. That's what happened. And I missed my stop and I ended up in the depot, right? Like in the, whatever it's called, depot, right? And I was depot? at the- Depot? I'm in America in the depot. Hmm. And uh, it was, I opened my eyes and it was pitch black and everything was locked. All the doors were locked. All the windows were locked, except there was one teeny tiny window. Can I just point out- well, actually, no, no, no. Finish the story and then I'll point out what I'm going to point out. Go. There was one teeny tiny window cracked open like 
at the very top, you know, those teeny tiny windows that I would never fit out now. And I'm also not very agile. I don't know if you know this about me. And I- <laughs> no, no, I think you're very agile. I saw you almost get out of the pool the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to climb up to it, shimmy out, turn around. I mean, I was basically doing a Simone Biles. I had to turn around to be able to drop to the ground. Turn around to drop. Oh, no, first, sorry, I should, I should rewind. First of all, I sat inside the train for about four hours and cried like hot, salty tears. Just, you well, know. what I was going to say was your whole theory that if there was a zombie apocalypse, you would lie down and die has now been disproven because you didn't just stay on the train crying and like sleep because like, I, I feel like I, I would just, just sleep till, till the next, next day. day. I don't know why I didn't. Oh, you know what? Because I think it was because like my flatmates and all those were waiting for me. I didn't have a mobile phone at the time. And I was afraid they were all going to be absolutely freaked. And I also didn't know where I was. And I was afraid that there might be some murderer on the train in the dark coming towards me. So I jumped out. That's not true. I crawled out, painstakingly crawled out, dropped to the ground, nearly Thudded. broke my knees. Yeah, nearly broke my knees. Ran across then the like absolutely graveyard. Jogged, I'd say. Lightly, <laughs> lightly N- speed walked. Speed walked across the depot. And then got chased by somebody in the depot who like obviously thought I was an intruder. And instead of going, because I didn't have enough Italian and I didn't have like, oh, I didn't have yeah. the wherewithal to be like, sorry, I got stuck on that train. I just started bawling, crying, shrieking and ran away from them. <laughs> Found myself on the middle of the road in like the suburbs of Milan that I had no idea where I was and yet would all too soon become too acquainted with. I had to get the bus and then another bus and another bus, like, and just hope that they would at some point connect with some area that I knew. It was an absolute nightmare. That reminds me of the time that a friend of mine fell asleep on the night link. Do you remember there used to be like two night links, one at 1.30 and one at 3.30 from Dublin city centre to Rathcool. And she fell asleep on the 3.30am one and woke up back in the Dublin bus garage in, on Cunningham Road. And I remember she was too afraid to call her dad because she was like, my dad will kill me. If he knows that I was so drunk that I fell asleep on the bus. So she got a lift home with the bus driver. But isn't that the stupid thing? Like, isn't that the thing that, I mean, your parents obviously are trying to drill into you. Like, don't get drunk. Don't do stupid things. But like, yeah. don't you think they would truly, because I do think our parents were always good at that. Oh, of course. Like, what, what didn't you, didn't you call them at one point one night? Like, I'm totally drunk. Come and pick me up. Because I definitely didn't. I'm sure I was more never than drunk. once. I'm sure more than oh, once. Oh yeah, but you did, right? And they would always get up. Yeah, they always in would, the, yeah. And mom would get up in the middle of the night out of bed and go and pick us up from things. I mean, I'm pretty sure they came and picked me up from town one night when oh, I was like, I can't get a taxi. they picked us up many times. And I also yeah. feel like as an absolute ingrate of a teenager or like an early 20-something-year-old, I was always like, well, you chose to bring me up in the middle of the country so you can get up in the middle of the night and pick me up. What a bitch. You know what the thing as well is though, anytime dad, like I would always be begging, I'd be like, mom, will you come pick me up? She'd be like, oh, your father will. I'd be like, damn it. Because dad was so disapproving of the fact that I was drunk that he would not speak to me the whole way home. <laughs> so I'd be like hammered in the back going. Is this the same dad from who side like, to side. I mean, he hasn't been drunk very often, but once or twice he's been drunk, like in the back of the car, delighted with life. Once or twice. Once or twice. Sorry, Beatrice, in the last 10 years, anytime he can get someone else to drive, he's drunk in the back of the car after Well, in dinner. fairness, he's not, he, like, he's no longer 20. You know what I mean? He's probably earned that. And he's also about four stone. So like he has, he has a <laughs> bottle of wine with dinner and he's locked. <laughs> We're so jealous. <laughs> I know. Oh, but I'm pretty sure you've, you know, you've now told stories about your friends. You've laughed at me. I'm pretty sure you've done some incredibly stupid things yourself. Namely in Milan, I specifically remember an incredibly stupid thing you used to do. 
Oh, he used to do that all the time, though. It wasn't just a once-off. Oh, no, all the time. Oh, Repeatedly. yeah. Repeatedly. Well, we have mentioned this before, but when I worked in a bar in Milan, I used to walk home. I think it was like a 35-minute walk. And I used to walk home because I kind of had it in my head that, do you remember, do you remember in Coyote Ugly when they used to talk about oh how, God, how was this movie so formative in your life? Like you have so, so many things. So much I've taken from it. So many quotes and so many like, well, I you know, just like to be alone, alone in the, the dark. dark. Oh, and then her amazing piano playing. Dun, 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 oh my God, dun, so dun, funny. Dun, dun. I've always wanted to play a keyboard on a rooftop in New York. Anyway. In Coyote Ugly, they talk about how after like a big night in the bar, they wouldn't be able to go to sleep. They'd have to... It's the dog and the cow playing outside. <laughs> in Coyote Ugly, they used to talk about how after a big night working in the bar, they'd have to wind down by like, you know, they wouldn't be able to go to sleep. They'd have to wind down, basically. So I had it in my head that I was like, I need to this wind down. This is Coyote Ugly? Yeah. They had to wind down from what, like... From what are they doing? Not getting tips from Italian people. It's like glow with a cat and a dog. <laughs> I had to wind down from basically not getting any tips from the Italian people. That oh I was yeah, exactly. In the bar all yeah, night. yeah, exactly. So I would finish and work. The stress and like, of understanding nothing. Oh my god! I remember the first night I understood nothing. They would just like, you know, rattle off orders to you in Italian. I'd be like, uh-huh, you know, uh, per favore. That's uh, not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Do you ever tell you about the very first time I dreamt in Italian? I had a full dream in Italian. The first no, 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 time no, 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 no. I dreamt in no, Italian. No, no. I had like it f- happened 10 million times it after that. It happened lots of times. But I had a f- the first time I had a dream in Italian, I dreamt the entire dream in Italian. And I woke up and I was so stressed because I had understood nothing. <laughs> but the whole dream was in Italian. Did I ever tell you about the first dream I had in Latin? <laughs> set in the basement of the Louvre. It was very profound. The first oh, room I had in Italian. You're just very jealous. It's not attractive. Anyway, I used to walk home and then you obviously would give out to me all the time mm-hmm. about walking home. Yeah. But like, I was just like, I can't get a taxi. Then no, that eats excuse me. up like no, 25% no, no. of my... Excuse me. Shh. As the baby would say. I had no problem with you walking home. The problem was... <sighs> I would say to Rosemary, seriously, like it's very late. It's 3 a.m. Where are you? And I think people need to understand that too. This isn't like an 11.30, 12.30 bar closing. The bars close at 3 a.m., right? Or 4 a.m. So this was like you were walking home in the very middle of the night down the dodgiest part of Milan. It wasn't like the Navili, the second part of the Navili was not like the most salubrious area. And I would say, Rosemary, did you walk home again? You go, don't worry. Because you were like so overcome. Don't worry, I had my headphones in the whole way. And I was like, are you joking? <laughs> I wish I could remember the sound. I wish I could remember what albums I listened to back then. Jamiroquai, we were obsessed with it. Do you remember? Do you remember, oh, you, did yeah. that t- do you, remember you did that break dance? Do you remember you did that hip hop dance at our party on the roof? Everybody gathered around you no. while you demonstrated your hip hop Thank moves. God, I do not remember this. <laughs> you keep talking about it and I keep hoping that it's just something that you've hallucinated. I even remember when you were in the doorway of the bedroom and everybody was gathered around you and you kept doing the same moves. (laughs) I was 19. It wasn't even like I was 12. What was I doing? I was just jealous. I was constantly, I was still trying to perfect that one leg hop I could never manage to do. You were obsessed with that. I I still am. Every now and then when I'm trying to impress the kids, I bust it out. (laughs) Trying to impress the kids, think that works? Maybe the baby. <laughs> the baby's extreme. <laughs> the baby's like, oh, that's amazing. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> it's only 
because he can't talk yet. Yeah, the rest of them are absolutely mortified. I can convince myself he's, he's thinking anything. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss anyway the same bar that you used to go to was the was probably the where the worst thing that ever happened to me ever where I think literally if mom knew this story sorry mom she would die I actually think I maybe have told this mom to mom at Christmas like age 41 I finally said mom this one's happened to me and I never wanted to tell you about it so in Cape Town the same bar that you worked in I used to go in and people are going to be shocked to find that I went in and had drinks all by myself, right? And sat at the bar. Well, I was trying to meet people. And I was also trying to drink drinks, but I was trying to meet people. I really was. I, I went to so many bars. I actually was thinking that I was probably unfair to you with the headphones conversation because I was thinking of all the bars that I went to in Milan when I was there, when I was living there first by myself. And just, I used to happily go to bars you know, stay there until they were closed and then walk home, right? Not always you with know my what? headphones in. Like you would never, yeah, you would never go to bars as a way of meeting people now, I think, because you just end up sitting at the bar looking at your phone. Not you, but everybody, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, I mean, I don't think it was necessary. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it wasn't that different. It, was, it wasn't like people really talked to me. People talked mm. to their own friends, you know? Yeah, true. I ended up talking, I met loads of like bar people. Oh, that's handy. But then they would sometimes introduce you to like, oh, this is my friend Susan, you yeah, know, yeah. she this or like, oh, I'm just, I'm knocking off work now and I'll have a glass of wine with you, whatever, you know. And uh, 
Anyway, your man who owned the bar was like, oh, this is my friend, uh, Santa Claus. It's not his name, but that's who he looked like, right? And this guy was like 60-something. He definitely looked like Santa Claus. I don't remember him. No, no. I mean, I'd never seen him again. I never saw him before and I never saw him again. And he was at the bar and he was having a drink with another friend of his, a younger friend, like younger being like 40-something. I don't forget, I was about 20, right? 21, 22 maybe. And your man was like kind of small, stocky, grey-haired, big bushy beard, like absolutely zero threatening on my radar of threatening individuals, right? We And he bought me a drink and we were chatting and nothing major. And then it was um, bar closing time later on, a couple of hours later, and we were all just drinking and chatting and, you know, it was all very pleasant, but very innocent, right? And anyway, at closing time, your man goes, I'll give you a lift if you want, because I haven't really been drinking. And I was like, oh no, I just live around, the, I just lived down the road. And I, only, I was only about a 10 minute walk and I was like, oh, and it was very um, public, at, like where I lived was, it wasn't yeah, where very you busy. I lived. Yeah, 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 it was pretty busy. I was like, oh no, it was very well lit is what I'm trying to say. And I was like, oh no, no, it's fine, thanks. He goes, oh no, you're on my way, I'll drop you. And I said, oh well, okay, grand, thanks. And also because there was part of me that was like, I didn't feel remotely concerned. It was very nice and pleasant. And he was your man's mate, you know, so there yeah, was yeah. like this kind of... Um, well, the, like uh, there's a safety level yeah, of right? There was a validation familiarity. there of like yeah. this person's vouching for him, you know. So anyway, I get in the car and uh, we start driving. He's chatting and he's very, very pleasant, very nice. And he goes, oh, I'd love to bring you home and show you my ceramics. And I was like, uh, no, thanks. Right. I was like, oh, no, I've got to go to work tomorrow. Thanks. Of all the things. What do you I not have said? Like, my Show puppy. you my etchings. No, show you my, my ceramics. ceramics. And I was like, well, uh, no, thanks. I have to go to work. So we were, we're driving and we're driving. And then I was like, oh, I actually live just here. And he just, the locks went down in the car and he kept driving. Right? And it was actually so terrifying. It was that moment of I'm about to be murdered. And he kept driving and driving. And I was like, literally let me out. Right. <sighs> suffice to say he didn't so we, we drive out to the suburbs and I was absolutely freaked now at this point but also drunk thank god were you in the front or in the back in the front were you crying no I don't think I was afraid enough at that point yet to be crying I was trying to hold it together so when we oh. get to his underground did you have a mobile at this point hmm did you have a cell phone mobile no hmm. I had one but it was dead which is how you'll be surprised to hear and at so, least that's a habit you never grew out of. I know, right? So we so we drive in a way to get to his apartment building and he has an underground car park. He drives into the underground park car park and I'm like, I'm going to run away. And he goes, well, good luck. You'll never get out of it. Number one, it's locked, right? And like, nobody's going to hear you. So he's like, so you might as well just come up to my apartment. He's like, don't be ridiculous. I'll give you a glass of wine. We'll have a chat. And I was like, he's like, I just want to show you my ceramics. And I'm going... I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm overreacting, but like this guy's a weirdo. And I said, well, okay, I really, and he goes, and after that, I'll drive you home. And I said, Grant, okay. So we go up in the elevator to his apartment. I mean, like, listen, Rosemary, you're looking horrible, but I didn't really have much of a choice. So we go up, like, I'm inside a locked, No, but I'm also just going like, this is so weird. Like, if if he wanted to attack you, he was being kind of polite about it. No, he was about two feet smaller than me as well. Not to say that that didn't mean anything. Like, I mean, a 60-year-old man could still easily overpower me then and now. But anyway. Yeah, sorry, like an 80 year old man could overpower you. Yeah, 100% a dead man could overpower me. (laughs) Anyway, he, uh, so we go up to his apartment and we open, you know, he opens the door and he goes, this is my kitchen. He goes, would you like some more wine? I was like, absolutely not. You know, no, I'm not going to like let go of my sense. I was totally locked, right? And he goes, well, let's, he goes, pours himself a glass of wine. Everything was very kind of, you know, what's the word, intentional and kind of slow and annoying as well. Because, you know, you're like, just like, can we just go and look at your ceramics and then you're going to drive I'm imagining he put on a jazz soundtrack in the background. I'm sure he did. Right, and then he starts, he goes, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm divorced, so my wife, my ex-wife doesn't live here, it's just me now, it's just me. And I'm like, that's not very reassuring. Then we go into, he goes, let me show you this room. He goes, he opens this room that I thought was going to be the living room and turns out to not, to be, and I am not joking, his room of ceramics. It was like a museum, right? It had plinths, it had framed artworks, it had urns, it had, you know, those little titles. It had like 
found in Pompeii circa 1620. Like, it was insane. But it was also extremely impressive, right, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> if you're in, you know, the Met Museum on a, on a Sunday morning, it would have been extremely impressive. Not so impressive at the end of the night, trapped in this weirdo, like, tiny Santa Claus's apartment, right? <laughs> so anyway... Then it got worse. And I was like, okay, well, that was really, you know, I was like, wow, that was fascinating. So we walk around. It took about an hour through the fucking tour. And he's like, this shard here was found in Vesuvia. I was like, oh, fascinating. I'm like, okay, well, now you're going to bring me home. Well, no. He's like, well, you're here. Why don't we relax? He's like, let me show you around the apartment. He's like, this is where my grown up daughter, this was where her bedroom was. This was my son's bedroom. And this was my bedroom with my wife. And he's like, he's like, oh, look in here. These are all my wife's clothes. She's only just moved out recently. She had all these designer clothes. <gasps> Oh my God. Oh my God. It's coming back to me now. Oh my God. And he goes, he goes, why don't you try on some of these clothes? He goes, she's not going to come back and get them. You should try them on. I was he like, clearly no, no. murdered her. She's not coming back. <laughs> try on her clothes. I was like, uh, no, thanks. He's like, she has beautiful Pucci Etro, beautiful pair of Pucci trousers. Why don't you try these on? I'm like, no, no, like seriously, these trousers aren't going to fit me. I'm I like, mean, sorry, Beatrice. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that the trousers weren't going to fit you is hardly relevant. But you're like, your only objection is they're too small. <laughs> give me something in my size and I might give it a go. Like, what? <laughs> At this point, I was trapped in his bedroom with him, right? <laughs> You're trapped in his bedroom because you walked into it during this tour. Excuse me, where was I supposed? <laughs> <laughs> You're now walking around like fanning was, yourself with this the guidebook. This is how cults happen. It was a relatively slow indoctrination. Cults. So anyway, he goes. He so goes, sorry, you put on the trousers, didn't you? No, no. You? He goes, try on these trousers. I was like, listen, seriously, they're not going to fit me. They were about a size two, right? And if like even I, I was at my very thinnest, I was about a size ten, right? I was like, they're definitely not going to fit me. He goes, no, no, try them on. And I'm like, no, absolutely. I was like, no, seriously, these are not going to fit me. I was being very feisty. And he goes, I'm going to have close another the door question. And you try I, them on. No, no, I have another question. Were you by any chance wearing the seductive boots? No, I didn't own them yet. Oh, okay, go on. I was like, I was like, no, no. Really, I just, I just, these are not going to fit me. He goes, go on, try them on. So anyway, so he leaves, he closes it. I was like, I was like, okay, well, go and stand in the hall. I'm not putting these on while you're in the room. So I had some standards, right? So out he goes to the hall, closes the door. <laughs> I was jumping into these trousers trying to get them. Were they stretchy? No, they weren't. They were silk, poochy trousers. And they were... Like there was not a bit of give in them and I was jumping desperately into them. And then like they had them halfway up to my knee and I'm like, okay, they don't fit me. Okay. I was like, okay, you can open the door. They don't fit me, but like you can't come in. And he's like, oh, I'm sure they do fit you. Let me just see. I was like, absolutely not. So then he made me try on three more things or four more things. I'm finally satisfied with the fact that I was larger than his dead ex-wife. He let me out of the bedroom. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want a victim blame at all, right? Oh, oh really? Well, I'm not sure who's the victim of this scenario actually. <gasps> But probably his ex-wife, his dead ex-wife. This is absolute victim blaming. So you're like, he made me try on three things. It literally sounds like he was just very politely going, try them on. No, he wasn't. And I, well, maybe, but I was really just trying to get to the point where he was going to let me get back in the car. I was about to say, bundle me back into the car in a tarp. <laughs> let me get back into the car and drive me home, right? That was what I was really clinging on to here. And finally he goes, he goes, I'm going to bed. And I said, I thought you were bringing me home. And he goes, well, I'm going to bed. Why don't we go and jump in bed here? And I was like, I'm not getting into bed with you. And I said, I'll sleep in your daughter's room. And he, I said, well, you, are you going to bring me home in the morning? He goes, yeah, absolutely. He goes, let's just go to bed. It's really late. So we go in. He goes to bed. I go into the daughter's room, lock the, lock the, lock the door, lie down. And I mean, I bet you're thinking I didn't sleep a wink. I'd say well, I fell into the slumber of the dead <laughs> I immediately. Did. I woke up the next day at noon. <laughs> The fear knocked you out cold. That's what it was. 
I the closed, terror I made the mistake of closing the shutters, so it was pitch black. And you know me with a good dark room, I was fast asleep. <laughs> oh my god! So then I go in, I have to wake, and he's snoring. I'll never forget the snores out of him. Right, and I was like, I, I was like, excuse me, scoozy. So then you went in. So, so hang on. You woke up. I couldn't get morning. out of the house. The house was locked. Excuse no, hang on, me. Hang on, hang on. The house was locked. I could okay. not get out without okay. him. Okay, okay. You woke up the next morning. The house was locked. Did you look around at any point for a phone? Yeah, I'm sure I did. did. You're sure you did. Trust me, I didn't know anybody's phone numbers off by heart. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> I am being held against my will. I didn't know where I was. They trace it, Beatrice. No, they don't, Rosemary. Have you watched any TV shows? They don't. They're like, we don't have tracing. It was Italy. They they didn't even oh, yeah. have like anything in the like in, in the rest. They probably they actually would have two sinks. They would have had you locked up for murdering the ex-wife oh within God. seconds. They would have had me locked up for like for the travesty of trying on those poochy trousers. This was Milan. Like this this woman, she come in my house. She she ripped my wife trousers. <laughs> she not leave. And they would have been like. Ridiculous. She's far too big to be trying on these dresses. Anyway. No, Rosemary, thanks very much. You're definitely victim blaming and I don't appreciate it. So sorry. You woke up terrified at noon and you <laughs> walked into the into your kidnapper's bedroom and you <laughs> tapped, tapped him on the shoulder. You said, Scoozy, <laughs> can you please bring me home now? <laughs> I can't believe I think this is basically what happened with one of the Ted Bundy murders. This is sounding very familiar. You're making this sound like a one night stand and let me tell you it was not. Because I went out with him again the next day. No, I didn't. (laughs) We dated for a year. He opens his eyes and he goes, I'm not bringing you home. The key is over like beside the flower pot, basically. So I let myself out, find my way to the bus stop. Long story short. Get on the bus. Similar to the train debacle, I then have to like go jump from bus to bus trying to find a circuit that I actually recognise. Crying my eyes out the whole time. Thanks a lot, Rosemary. But happy to be alive. Nonetheless, I'm not wearing tiny poochy trousers. <laughs> so, I'd say you were actually like crying your eyes out going, oh my God, I was going to go to the market today. Now it's 2pm. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I literally was like, oh my God, I'm never going to find a man to buy me poochie trousers. <laughs> I wasn't. I actually wasn't. I was like, oh my God. Like, yes, I was annoyed at the waste of time. Like, but I was also like, what the fuck? That was so uncool in fairness. Do you remember when you, <laughs> so uncool of you. Do you remember when you and you... <laughs> Just like that's an understatement, Beatrice. That's like well, Rose, totally you're not really criminal. Allowed, like, you're not that really was allowed. so uncool. You're not really you kidnapped me. me and then you made me try on dresses that <laughs> were too small for me. I'm only laughing because I'm still alive. You wouldn't be laughing if you'd murdered me, Rosemary. If you'd found my chopped up body wrapped in those tiny trousers. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> be like, she clearly didn't try these on herself. She would have known they weren't going to fit her. <laughs> he has to force her to put these on. <laughs> this is the part where mom goes I enjoy the podcast but you're desperate kitty <laughs> I'm actually just imagining the indignity of finding your body with a pair of boot dress just up to your knees and now the problem is it would have been three pairs of boot dressers to hold the body <laughs> oh there would have been one leg for the in the poochie trousers. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's like that's the kind of story that honestly, I think, oh my god, your parents would die if they knew 
that's what you were doing on your Erasmus. <laughs> I was doing nothing, I'd like to say. That was done to me. I was the victim, even though Rosemary has definitely made this seem like I was not, and is still laughing. <laughs> she feels sick. <laughs> I just keep imagining him if he did kill you and they'd have his mom shot and I'd be like, I can't believe Santa Claus killed my sister and made her try all these trousers. <laughs> okay. Well, he did. What I was going to say was similarly, maybe it was Milan made us all like loosey-goosey with our, our safety standards. But when you and Julie went to, I think you went to Sardinia at one point on holidays, <laughs> I stop. Oh my god. No, no. This isn't about that. This is about <laughs> Although that could have ended up me dead as well. I went on a date with there was this guy who used to come to Cape Town all the time and used to flirt with me all the time and also used to flirt with Julie. And I think he'd asked her out loads of times and she kept saying no and kept saying no. Then you guys went away and he asked me out, obviously going Julie's not here so I'll ask her. And I stupidly said yes because I was like I should try new things. And <laughs> we went for drinks. Um, we both got absolutely locked. Then he was like, let's go for a drive. And instead of saying no, I was like, okay. We got in his car. He tried to make me drive. And I was like, no, I'm not insured to drive here. Like, I think I only had a provision. No, no, I had my license, but I was like, no, I can't drive here. And he drove around Milan like an absolute maniac, then insisted on coming up to the apartment. I mean, again, like insisted. Could I not just have been like, no. Instead, I was like, don't make the man angry, which is like, which happens a lot, actually. With No, but like, like women try to be polite to like not make men angry. Rosemary, I don't know how yours manages to be like not your Mine, fault, but me My story polite. is about feminism and your story is about stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in order not to, not to invoke his wrath, I allowed him to go up the apartment and snog the Santa. face off me. Oh, I didn't do that to Santa. I didn't do that. the couch. Oh, Santa didn't snog And me. then when he started putting his hand on my top, I was like, oh God, this is going too far. And I was like, you have to leave. And then we had a very awkward like 20 minutes of him going, no, I'm not leaving. And he eventually left. That could have ended badly also. I could have ended up strangled in, in a pair of poochie trousers. You could, there was no poochie trousers in the, in the... I could have ended up strangled by several Marnie handbags. Oh my God, if you had actually ended up strangled in my apartment, I had to come home and find you dead, it would have murdered you. Like if that's not an obvious thing to say. However, if you had come home and found me dead, it really would have taken the sting out of finding all your plants dead. I can't even like I couldn't even believe you like literally we went to Sicily oh, for a beautiful two week romantic holiday myself and Julie we did we met we had lots of Self romance and your one friend we had lots of romance that we already talked about in a previous episode I actually forgot all the romance I had on that one I should talk that with would be, Julie no that would be an episode <laughs> in and of itself in case anybody thought I didn't know actually there was zero romance obviously for me because uh, I would have mentioned it on that episode was that when you went to Naples as well and you saw the man with the fridge on the back of the bike oh my god yes <laughs> we went to Naples we had to go to Naples to get to Sicily to get the, the ferry from Naples to Sicily and in Naples just as somebody tried to a, a gang of rogue teenagers ran by and tried to grab my handbag we've been nothing about scarier than a gang of teenagers but I honestly swear to god that the decoy was the family on a bike with a fridge there was three members of a family and a full-size <laughs> fridge on the back of a bike cycling by they don't just make as bikes these like guys, that anymore yeah they do it was a regular bike just as these guys tried just to like because it was carrying so much weight like, oh I mean they joke. do literally it was unbelievable and just as just as those guys tried to get my handbag but anyway then we went to Sicily and actually that was another one of our 
life and death experiences that it just occurred to me. We were absolutely hammered. One of the we rented a car. The common denominator of all these stories no, is, men. is actually excessive drinking. Is men. Yeah, that's actually and very victim blaming drinking. of me. You should be able to excessive drink and yes. not fear for your yes, life. Yes, exactly. Although this has nothing to do with men. This was just excessive drinking and oh. me. So this one was we excessively drank and we had rented a car, not excessively drinking ever, but we were we rented a car at the beginning of the trip. Was it, I think it was like three weeks around Sicily. It was amazing. So we lived in Paris at the time. And so we got like that four or six week holiday at the end of August, whatever, like between July and August. So this you know, wasn't the same time then? Uh, oh, that was Because this is when I was living in Milan. Oh, well, it must have been. But you still got the same six-week oh, holiday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole of August shut down. Yeah, yeah. And so we went, we rented the car in Palermo at the, you know, the top end, the north end of Sicily. And then we went, did a circle around by uh, all the other things that I can't remember and ended up in Taramina, which was so beautiful on the east coast, I think, which had like um, all the ruins and the old I don't know what I don't know what it was called but like they had the opera sing everything was just like magnificent and we were we were staying in these little apartments on the beach etc anyway we had to hand the car back in in one of the mornings there before we flew back out or I don't I can't remember but we must have gotten the I don't know did we fly who cares anyway and we were driving and there was a very very massively steep road in Taramina in this town and we were going up the hill and I was driving. I was a designated driver always. And we were dri- And every time I would stop behind a car, the car would just slowly slide backwards. And it was the most terrifying thing. Your car would? Yeah, our car would just slide. Back. But I was also like still tipsy from the night before. We'd only stopped drinking at about 5 a.m., right? And, I, and Julie, <laughs> very helpfully in the car beside, kept screaming, The car! The car's sliding! Beatrice! And I was going, shut up! <laughs> it was a fucking nightmare, right? So the two of us just like screaming at each other like ab fab, like banshees. Get to the top of the hill, realise that I'd been using the wrong, like the wrong pedal for the brake, which explained why I'd been pulling the handbrake, but not actually pushing the brake. I'd been pushing the clutch. So we realised. I mean, only that oh morning, God, not all the way around Absolute dope. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway. Almost died. Another story in the almost died pantheon. That doesn't sound like I, I like. That doesn't sound like you almost died. Almost died, Rosemary. The cliff was so steep. There were loads of cars behind me. It could have been a massive pileup, thanks to me not knowing where the brake was. But if you slid backwards into another car, I don't think you'd die. Trust me, I wouldn't have stopped. There was no stopping the sliding. Like literally, cars were backing away from us. Hmm. You are unbelievable. What do you want? Like, do you need actual? I can't wounds? help. I honestly can't help but think that, like, if your you, skepticism is unattractive. For at least, at least if you'd been now, I mean, only likely injured in a reverse car pileup, you wouldn't have minded so much about the plants then either. I would actually have minded about the plants a lot because we loved those plants. Mm-hmm. We had created our own small oasis. Balcony oasis. It was. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was it's our seductive. It was our seduction centre. Beatrice, if you get a man up on your balcony, yeah. the, the seduction is surely over oh, at that point. Oh, not remotely. You're joking. It's way harder than that. It was for me anyway. Anyway, it wasn't a seduction centre at all. It was just like really nice euphemism? and relaxing. What? Don't way harder than that. gross. Mom and dad are probably maybe listening weeks after the fact. Anyway, yeah, so we trusted you with not just the apartment, but also the plants. Oh, yes, mm. she said. I'll keep them alive, she said. And when we arrived back the day after... The day, whatever, the day of our return, Rosemary pulled up the shutters to the balcony like they had only just appeared in her, I don't even know, like in her eye line. No, that's inaccurate because I had in a panic realised and tried to water them that morning when I was like, oh my God, they're coming home. After 21 days, you tried to water them. 
I had watered them several times in week one and then I had just totally forgotten about them. Every single thing was dead. I know, it was a disaster. And we had also, we lived on the eighth floor with no lift and we had hauled every single yeah. one of those plants and everything it was up very to the top bad. of the stairs. It was atrocious. I think that was the worst thing I ever did to you really. Oh, I'm do you pretty think? sure I could think of another couple. Oh my God. What do you think is the worst thing you ever did to me? Was Nothing? it that time, you, that time you hung the plastic bag off my ears in the back of the car? Excuse me, that was a help. <laughs> that was supportive. <laughs> joking. I've never done anything bad to you. I'm a really good sister for you. I lead by example. You know what? When you go low, I go high. <laughs> what do you think is the worst thing I've ever done to you? I'm just interested to see if, you, if, if you'll remember. There is nothing. You're just actually annoying me. You're trying to provoke me here. You're being very smug. Yeah, you are. Okay. How else did you ever put your life at risk in a stupid way? When I met that guy in time who I really fancied and he was like, come back to my friend's party. There was no party. It was just me and him and his friend's shed. Friend's shed? Do you remember I was telling you that like, he was like, oh, my friend's having an after party after time. Shed? Yeah, and well, he had this shed that was like converted into and it had a pool table and it had a sofa. You know, oh, it was a like fancy a fancy shed. <laughs> <laughs> a fancy shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really fancy shed, but no bathroom. That was the one when I ended up going home and falling asleep in the bathroom. It was that night? Nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I only ever remember the. But end also, of that story. nobody knew where I was. So, like, because mum and dad thought I was staying in Emers. Oh and yeah, but I my mean, they're low-level stupidity. We've all done nine million of those. Couldn't tell oh, you yeah. how many stupid things I've done along the lines of that. Yeah, I mean, I have done a lot of like telling everybody I was going to one place and getting drunk and being like, "I'm going to go here instead." Have you? Yeah, I think. Oh, do you know what I mean? I think there was the time I am. Um, this is really stupid, actually. God, I hope nobody ever listens to this except for maybe Everyone. people who don't know me. <laughs> I hope nobody, except I really want us I really want to lots to of people to listen to it, except not people who would know me or judge me. But the very first, one of the, the first week that we moved to Paris, I went first with the, all of our belongings and mom and dad came to help us unpack and move, and etc. Say more mom than dad. No, mom and dad, they were super helpful. And then Julie came, I don't know, a week or 10 days later and... Uh, the first night, mom and dad, I think we weren't there anymore. And the first night we went out to a club and we drank. And I, You and Julie. Yeah. And okay. I got the hiccups. And I can't remember, we were having some row about something. I think it was to do with like the move and just the stress of, you know, moving and just the whole thing. Like it's a lot, you know, moving cities, etc. And being drunk. And I like was like, that's it. I'm going into the bathroom to hold my breath. And I disappeared for like 45 minutes. And I vaguely... In think, the pub? In the club? Like, yeah, where in you, the club. Oh. And I think I I went for like 40, I was gone for about 45 minutes and I, I mean, I, I did, a, I, I, I couldn't get rid of these hiccups. I'm not even joking. Like I held my breath so much. I did like all that non-breathing and I could not <laughs> get rid of them. And when I came out then we had a massive row because it was like, I think Julie thought I had been dead in the toilets. And then I was enraged with the idea that I would be so stupid to die in the toilets. But like not, I, would, I think her point was a good one. You know, if you're going to hold your breath until... The hiccups go and you're drunk. You could easily pass out and like just be and knock your head, whatever. No, your face. I don't know what your face is saying, but it's not complimentary to me. My face is saying you of all people do not drunk or sober have the strength of will required to hold your breath until you pass out How or die. would you it's know? Re- because I've seen you try to do things. <laughs> I am a 
I could pass out if I wanted to. No, it's I couldn't. really I couldn't. hard I couldn't. to I couldn't. force yourself to hold but your breath. But what if you were extremely drunk? And I'm not saying I was extremely drunk. Lightly, I was probably extremely drunk. Anyway, like the whole point is, you know, stupidity. And then we had a massive row about it. But like, I thought that was kind of dangerous going into a bathroom in a dark, crowded place and, and holding, holding your, your breath, breath until you until your hiccups go away. <laughs> oh yeah, Beatrice, you're really living on the edge. <laughs> What's fine? Like, imagine if you're on a date. What's what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done? Well, once I had the hiccups, I went to the bathroom and held my breath, and I was slightly inebriated at the time. So really, it was I very think dangerous. I have overshared in this episode, and you have just made fun of me. And you know what? I think what it is is that you've only ever been. I keep calling myself the sensible one, but Rosemary seems to me like you might be the massive nerd. You have never been trapped in some Santa Claus's apartments with ceramics. Oh yeah, because yeah, I haven't. There you go. And I'm just I, jealous. And I've never ever fallen asleep in public transport. Have you not really? I don't think I have. Um, I mean, I think I have in the morning on like on the way to work. Well, there. Like a little don't snooze. Judge then. I've fallen asleep multiple times on the subway. On the way to work? No, on the way home. I don't think I've ever fallen asleep drunk. Like, uh, except for in my bed, but like, you know what I mean? On the way home. Yeah, I don't but like think the I've subway, ever... the, the train stops at 11.20 something. Like the subway stops at 3. Excuse or, me, I subway used to get the night, night. Like at 3.30. What? I used to get the night like at 3.30. You did fall asleep on the night link because you had to be picked up from wherever one time. No, that wasn't because I fell asleep on the night link. That was because I couldn't get a taxi. Do you remember in the in the good old Celtic Tiger days? Sometimes you'd go out in town and you just would not, for love nor money, be able to get a taxi. I remember walking to Mines once. No, it was me. I never, ever in my life got a taxi from town home. I didn't fancy myself like that. I didn't have the money to do that. It's true. You know, I never ever yeah. ever did. Well, you know why I had the money? Because I worked part time from when I was 14 and oh. spargoing up 24 year olds. Oh my God. <laughs> I saved you my money. I was very sensible. I put money I, aside and I thought to myself, I'm, that'll be for my oh, one night out now actually, in the next three months. My one night out. I'm actually enraged you right now. I worked from the age of 12, even though I don't think that's legal. At the garden centre down were the road. You were not 12. I was. We will ask mom. I was 12, maybe 13. We'll ask mom and mom will say, oh, she was 22. No, she won't. <laughs> and she was I'll have 30. you know, and maybe this is where I should, maybe this is where I should have been taking tips. And I used to be repotting those teeny tiny seedlings and I got paid whatever, two or seven pence, I don't even know, oh, for each seedling. Oh, per pot, was Per pot, so yeah. the speed. And there was no time to breathe, no time to do anything. And one time, you yeah, know, it's true. And one time, there was time, no time to breathe. One time, what you held your breath and you passed out. Well, I was about to say, one time I fainted, and I fainted onto just straight onto the massive pile of like potting clay, <laughs> <laughs> and I had to be brought home. And I had like potting clay in my nose for weeks. I thought you were going to say you fainted on top of your pile of little potted things. No, no, no. And it all I got docked no, from just, your wages. No, but they were all on the right hand side of me. Like the big pile of soil was in front of me and they, they were on my left to be potted, on my right potted. And I just obviously flew. That detail is less forward. interesting than you'd think. I just obviously fell right forward. Into the potting yeah. soil. Mm-hmm. And I was rescued. I could have suffocated to death. Another near miss for being So thank Lake. God I'd like to say this whole episode has just made me realise how grateful I should be for all the near misses I've had. Exactly, Rosemary, you've had none. So. Beatrice, how can people get in touch with us? <laughs> Beatrice, how can people get in touch with you if they want to take you for a drink and show you their ceramics? Well, I'm on Instagram at Beatrice McCabe with an A in my Mac. And how can they get in touch with you, Rosemary, if they if they also are like mini Santa lookalikes and would like to treat you to a small version of what I got? A small, a small tour of their MoMA. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Rosemary McCabe with an A on my Mac. You can also email the podcast at notwithoutmysis at gmail.com. 
check out the website, notwithoutmysis.com, and you can check us out on Instagram as well, at notwithoutmysister. And if you were very enthralled by this high culture podcast episode, we've also discussed extremely interesting topics such as uh, neighbours, roommates, what else? Online dating. Oh yeah, online dating, that was a good one. Mom. Physical fights. Kicks in the shin at least. Oh yeah, that's true. And other such, and there, are, there were a few genuinely highbrow references in there. Uh, you'll have to dig to find in them some there. very early episodes. <laughs> we have a new episode out every Tuesday, so subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you have two seconds, we would love if you would go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is edited by Liam Garrity. Sound and our original music are by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.